her facials. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. <laughs> I still get a laugh every time. Her facial expressions. Her facial expressions. <laughs> Cheers, Brad Maddox. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dropped that. Oh, that's so good. More importantly, Ooh. on that subject, I like the fact that Maddox got a lot of flack for it, but Xavier Woods, no one cared. Hello, everybody. My name's Rich. Welcome to the World Wrestling Podcast. I'm joined by Tax Williams, as always. Hello, everyone. How are you, sir? Yeah, very good. Still struggling with the heat, struggling the temperature as too large a gentleman. This is not going well. It's a bit sweaty in here today. We've got uh, curtains closed and we did have fans on. <laughs> no, too too bad for the audio. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Absolute so, nightmare. How's your week been? Uh, not bad. I've had tonsillitis, which is not great, but um, I'm practically over it now and sounding a bit more normal if i do sound a little bit blocked up so it might be a bit weird on the side bodes well for podcasting mm. i've got tonsillitis oh no mm, it's nice swallowing is an issue <laughs> so there's a clip for the start of the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um have you been watching much wrestling this week uh, i have watched way too much wrestling this week i've been watching the g1 oh, excellent. Uh, and so the g1 has been I can't begin. Have you watched any of it? Not yet. I'm I'm, okay. I'm waiting. But I'm, the feedback that you've seen online and from different people, it's been ridiculous. The story they're running with Tamatonga right now is uh, outstandingly good. Like it's been so much fun. Like this year's G1 is probably my favourite so far. I uh, watched a couple, but yeah. How many days worth of shows are there going to be by the end of the G1? Because obviously this is my first experience of a, a full-on G1 from start to finish. They're already up to eight. And it's wow. been two weeks, I want to say. Amazing. So, we are doing the NXT Arrival show from 2014. Yeah, this was a suggestion purely because it was the first live special on the WWE Network. So, this was before WrestleMania 30. Yeah. The network could have been on for about two days. Uh, people had already complained of technical difficulties as well. So, <laughs> again, good thought process by WWE. We're about to throw our biggest show, WrestleMania 30, in a few weeks' time. Let's do a dry run of a live event and see how we get on. Was this the first pay-per-view show on the network? Yes, it was. It was the first pay-per-view, first live special on the okay. WWE Network. Cool, good to know. Um, there's lots of talking points, to say the least. Loads. And it's really interesting to see from four years ago where everyone is now. Mm. Some have fallen from grace, some have surprised, some yeah. have... You will not remember where they are. Yeah, definitely. It's it's um it's not maybe not the greatest wrestling in the world, but it's a good show to say the least. Very good show. I think it was an excellent advert for NXT, considering it took over from WWE CW, which yeah. I think was tail end twenty twelve, early twenty thirteen, when it became its official oh, brand. That was terrible. What a terrible run that was. What, WWE CW. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that can be for a completely different podcast. December to December. Well, anyway. We're going to have to do that show at some point. That <laughs> cage got, match where oh, like Punk goes out first, and you're like, oh, it's the only reason we're watching. I've heard a few um, things online about that whole sort of WWE CW run and the whole idea of Punk in that elimination chamber mm. from from Heyman was like, I wanted to go in, I wanted to put the Anaconda device on Big Show and choke him out in 10 seconds. I want to go for everyone until it gets down to him and RVD for a straight wrestling match. What everyone wants to see. Yeah. yeah. But that obviously went hideously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get into the action. So the show starts with 
a black screen with some excellent lighting. <laughs> Pink Floyd lasers. Yeah. <laughs> and as it's going to become a thing, as we see with a lot of NXT shows, Triple H tries very hard to not be the focal point, but let's be honest, he is the focal point of NXT. He can't help it, can he? Can't get away from it. And it's basically to promote their arrival. Kick things off a bang, stand invasion in the middle of the ring, and he introduced the show, and we get our cool opening video for our brand. And also, that was the first time they hadn't used the Coheed and Cambria entrance music. Right, okay. So this is where they changed it for the network. Is it copyright issues, do you think? I think so. Or something's like to do with money, mm. which is a shame, because that, I still think, is the best NXT theme they've yeah, had. Yeah, definitely. Coheed, welcome like, home. I don't hate this one. Not this, that's, I prefer the No more news! Resistance! one. But this one's okay. It yeah, it's not bad. It's number it was, three. It was... It was um, Nice kind of retrospective to go back and hear this song again, to be honest. And I liked in the intro video, again, all the stars had their names featured. Just in case, if you didn't know, it's obviously like Bodaz. And the fact that Summer Rae got a mention. It's like, (laughs) oh my God. You can see them really trying to work and getting their characters over from this obviously unknown kind of crop of talent they've got initially. So it was very good. And then we're introduced to our commentary team of Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, and William Regal on commentary. What do you think about the commentary? I thought it was really good, actually. Um, I can't remember the name of the chap who was on main commentary before Tom Phillips, but Tom Phillips, I think, has done really well since coming in. He's done brilliantly for himself. He's now the SmackDown lead. Yep, lead lead commentator on SmackDown. Saxon does all right as well, considering he was a failed wrestler. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Saxon. I find him a little cheesy and a little unknowing at times like he doesn't quite know how to phrase things or where to put himself in this conversation you know i think that's part of the the appeal to him though yeah because the fact they know they can like i can see that bully and rip him but he's part of the joke <laughs> so we start off with uh cesaro against Sami Zayn. this is match number four in their their run of matches which have all been from memory outstanding people have been raving about them online the previous match was a two out of three falls match so it seems a little bit odd they've gone from two out of three falls to just a single one-on-one match hmm. yeah definitely so the whole concept behind it this... is the opener though so you know bury them in gimmicks at the beginning you know yeah <laughs> might be a bit much i think from an opening match it was the right call to have because yeah. you knew you were going to have a solid match if people had tuned in to watch nxt for the first time they didn't know the wrestlers the action itself you know stood it all up Stood I mean, up to everything, basically. At, at this point in time, 2014, Cesaro might be one of the most athletically gifted best wrestlers in the world. And I think Sami Zayn is the best at selling, maybe, in the world. Taking the mask off Sami Zayn from El Generico was a, a fantastic, fantastic decision. Because he just yeah. tells stories with his eyes. I feel that when he was El Generico, he was definitely one of the very best in the world. Like... I'm a huge fan of that character, but it's it's like he learned he learned to sell so much with the mask on that when they took it off, it almost became even easier for yeah. him to become to convey those emotions, whatever, however you want to phrase it. And when he turned heel at the tail end of last year as well, you could really see him come into his own in his character. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Just letting go and letting all that nonsense come yeah. out, <laughs> and and it was brilliant nonsense as well, and it was a really yeah. good foil to Kevin Owens. Um, but anyway, so the action gets started. Um, so Cesaro is overpowering Sami Zayn, and then the commentary put over that Cesaro's just got to win over current world champion Randall Keith Orton. Lovely. My oh, God, I hate Randy Orton. <laughs> um, You're not happy about the comeback then? At least he's doing something sensible. I'm a legend killer, now I'm a legend, nice, and I'm going nice. to kill everyone. It's like, oh, well, at least you've actually got something to say, at least, you know 
being honest. So obviously after this, there's our big sequence and it hits a peak when um, Zane tries a hurricane run, but Cesaro stops it halfway and goes for the big swing. Yep. Zane flips out, lands on his feet and sends Cesaro to the outside before following with a front flip onto him. Already, I'm like, this is great. I could watch this all night. Everything in this match is so much fun it's so exciting it's varied it's it's i'll counter this and you'll come back and counter with this and well that's the thing it wasn't really exactly, competitive it wasn't exactly a spot fest was it it no. was it was a counter for counter using innovative moves it's calculated spot yeah, fests definitely <laughs> I, I wouldn't i wouldn't consider it a classic indie spot fest no throughout. it was a really enjoyable start to finish um we've got semi going for a crossbody but then he's caught into a tilt world backbreaker for a two i mean that was amazing in itself, just to check that out and rather than watching the whole show, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, Cesaro basically starts manhandling Zayn around the ring, uh, goes, to, um, goes to slam Sammy's leg into the post, but kicks out. Sammy goes for a, a gorgeous DDT, but then he hits with that ri- he's hit with that ridiculous uppercut. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you mean the DDT where he dives from the outside yeah. through the turnbuckles to kind of land and then... Yeah. Yeah, because he's hit that on the previous couple of matches they had at Interim. So the fact that Cesaro saw this coming in and played into that uppercut, that reversal, yeah, I, it's just good storytelling. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. and it makes sense because sometimes you get it really o- over the top now with wrestlers wrestling each other all the time. And at least over the... Um, over the course of NXT, these guys weren't wrestling each other every week, but it was familiar. But they they knew how to work each other. I assume they know to work out know how to work each other from the indies as well. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Cesaro on the outside. Zayn tries a slingshot moonsault, but Cesaro catches him with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker on the ramp. That's brutal. That looks absolutely amazing. Cesaro charges Sammy in the corner after they get back in after this, um, and it's into a corner exploder. Again, just every every move. I. I I said before that I didn't want to make loads and loads of notes as we go through this, but it just seemed that every part of this match is a, a worthwhile talking point. Yeah, yeah. Same goes uh, the Blue Thunderbomb as well. Man, it's so good. <laughs> um, the fans are all over this match. Really into it throughout. I mean, right from the beginning when he comes out and does the whole We The People thing, which is so strange seeing Cesaro do the Jack Swagger gimmick because yeah. he was <laughs> yeah, a Swiss American or whatever the hell gimmick they were trying to portray at the time. To them both standing in the ring and them chanting, match of the year, match of the yeah. year, before they've even touched each other. I thought that was a little excessive, to be honest, but it's nice to see the crowd are up for it. Yeah, the crowd are up for it, but again, it goes back to what we've said on uh, previous pods and previous discussions. Hmm. There's, an, a, there's a set time for these chants. <laughs> the beginning of the match maybe isn't it. I've decided I also now hate a fight forever chant. Oh, even mate, more so the than worst I used ever. To. I want to see good finishes and clever finishes. Yeah. I don't want them just to be in the ring doing spots for their entire lifetime. And I'm pretty sure the guys in there are like, just want to go and have a snack. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to fight forever. It seems such an obnoxious thing to expect from two wrestlers to fight forever for your entertainment. It's like, I mean, you've I paid... know it's not literal, but you've paid your ticket price. You are you get what you pay for. Fuck yeah, it drives me insane, <laughs> mate. But then they fight up to the top. Zayn tries to go for Harukarano for Cesaro to stop him midway. Um, tries a uh, second rope. What's it called? Uh, R.I. Cola Bomb? Ricola. Ricola, sorry. Yeah, so Ricola is, um, it's, I think it's like a throat sweets or some sort of chocolate. But it's like they used to have adverts. So they would be like, uh, okay. Ricola. Ah, okay. now you've done it. Now I know. Which is a Swiss thing. So when Cesaro... Yes, I said the right name. Awesome. When Cesaro <laughs> was in Shikara, for example, he would do a cross-arm powerbomb, which he would go, Ricola, as he would do it. But obviously, he's <laughs> dropped that kind of gimmick because he can't use the brand name, I imagine, WWE. Damn it. But he's still going for the move at this point. 
So it looked it looked pretty good, but Zayn managed to uh, snap out of sorry snap off and then hit the Hurricane Rana anyway. Mm. Helluva kick gets Helluva. two. A hell of a kick or Helluva. <laughs> I love that gimmick so much. Again, very being stupid, I just call it. It's a hell of a kick. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Helluva That's kick. kind of the joke. It sounds yeah. like a Mexican city, but it's actually just him <laughs> saying it's a hell of a kick. At least that's what I expect the gimmick always was. Yeah, that's what I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've assumed this. I've never actually like you know paid attention to anyone ever talking about it or whatever, but I assumed that was the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, cool. That's what I. That's the impression I'd get. If I'm wrong on this. Please inform me on Twitter, listeners, because yeah. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I like to be told I'm wrong, because yeah. I only learn that way if I'm told I'm I like wrong. I like to know the facts if I am wrong about it, you know? <laughs> so then we've got Cesaro coming back for upcaps and sales damage just to stay down. Unsurprisingly, mm. he won't do it. Um, trading shots before Sammy hits a big German suplex. Goes for another helluva kick, but runs into a big boot. Gets a roll up for two, and then into a beautiful sunset flip bomb. Yeah, definitely. These two, the the lucha flippiness that Claudio used to do with Quackenbush. Have you seen some of those matches? Who? Mike Cesaro. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Quackenbush is. So, Cesaro, you know who Quackenbush is, though, right? So, there's a match they had in IWA Mid South, which is basically it's a lightning match. So, it lasts about five minutes. And it's just them throwing crazy, spinny lucha spots. There's like the point where Quack is standing on his shoulders, jumps down, and they do like a dragon runner, but roll again all the way through into a pin. (laughs) And it's like they must do at least a 720 spin out of this like one maneuver. And like they're starting to bring it in elements of that with Sammy because they knows they can do it. And yeah, just so cool. I love this spot. There's like a standing ovation around here yeah, as well. Yeah. Where I was literally in like got out of my chair. I was like, this is awesome. It's so <laughs> good. Great first starts of the show. But then the finish comes. Cesaro now is a pop-up uppercut. Mm. Sammy kicks out. Spinning uppercut. And then the gotch neutralizer to finish him off after 22 minutes and 55 seconds. What a way to arrive on the WWE Network. Oh, look at you and your puns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just the perfect opening match. They knew from the matches they've had previously that they could put this on, give them no gimmicks, nothing, just a good story, story from the previous matches about Sammy desperately trying to beat Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> and not quite being able to every time and like I love that they didn't just give him the win here in the opening match yeah. like I think they pay this off later down the line maybe yes they do yeah okay cool but this was this was the correct finish the correct way to have this match like there's a whole bunch of false finishes but not too many yeah. the crowd are into it but they're not giving them everything they want so the DDT through the corner it doesn't give them the big brain buster you know they don't give all the spots but they're there you know like the recoiler out the corner they tease it but they don't actually give it to them you yeah, know like, there was enough there I think for an opening match as well, as you said, with not too many false finishes, you don't want false finishes in your opener because what's what's the rest of the card going to do? Yeah. If you have false finishes in every match, no one's going to buy into it, are they? Yeah. Not for an opener, for God's sake, please. In my opinion, from where these two guys were at this point to now, WWE have essentially just wasted both of them. Do you agree? I'm a bit indifferent to wasted because... But they've made good money they've been on tv do you not think that they could be headliners from this match just watching this in 237 2014 do you think they could be headlining wrestlemania SummerSlam? i think from a wrestling perspective yes i think from a character perspective and a all-round global wrestling sort of champion to doing media i'd say definitely no for cesaro okay i'd say unlikely for zane i think they are top tier talent to elevate 
their chosen ones to go to the next level. That's not saying I don't think that they should be given the chance to have a go at it. Yeah. But I just don't think that the way that their characters are, I don't think that... I mean, especially Cesaro, his promos aren't the best, but he can do it in the ring, and that's why he's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see how Cesaro is really over in WWE as a tag wrestler as opposed to a singles Mm. wrestler. Is he, though? I'd say he's more over as a tag than he is as a singles. But when he was a singles guy mainly post Jack Swagger sort of stuff. He him much like um much like Luke, Luke Harper, he was getting really, really good responses. And it's I think with Claudia <laughs> No, it's fine, it stays in. With I'm just gonna call him Claudio for now, fuck it. from uh, <laughs> with Cesaro and Sami Zayn. It's it's almost to me that they're so confident in their abilities and they know what they can do that they don't necessarily have that that drive, that Cena-esque vibe to be pushed to the very top, you know? They're not they're not going to be demanding guys in the locker room. They're going to be willing guys. Yeah, I you know? and I think that again is it's down to the wrestler and down to the um the booking team, the creative team to get them to the top level if they can get there. I said ring work wise no problem at all. They're two of the very best. But if you think of people now who are at the top of their game, someone like AJ Styles, mm. he's not featured as the main star. Yes, he's on the computer game. Sorry, he's on the video game. <laughs> the cover. He's yeah. on the yeah. He's on the cover of Two K nineteen. Probably yeah. Um, but again, from a promo standpoint, and going on to their big network shows to promote things, I think he'd struggle. I think it'd be awkward. I think of. Cesaro and Zayn, Zayn would have a better chance because of you know his his personality and his character. I'm not saying Cesaro can't, but even when you hear Cesaro interviewed and just having a bit of a laid back interview for other podcasts or other shows, mm. you sometimes struggle to get a degree of enthusiasm unless it's about the concept of coffee. What if you <laughs> what if you'd stuck him, Rusev, and Lana in a little stable as the evil foreigners? then you'd still have Rusev as their pushed guy as much as he's not overly pushed. But we'll get to Rusev a bit later on this, uh, just as an opinion. But I think they're fantastic wrestlers. And I think any other company in the world, they would be their main event stars. They were, definitely, for all the previous wrestlers. I think even now, I think if they went anywhere now, they would be their top draw, top stars coming in. And in some instances, similar to what Cody's done, I think that's what, if they wanted to be top of the WWE, they'd need to do. They need to go elsewhere to prove they can hold a title, draw an audience, to yeah. then go back to WWE and do something to boost their character. As I said, I think they're both phenomenal in-ring talents. I think Sami Zayn is hilarious, and I, in both in a heel and a face mentality. Cesaro, I think, is the best in-ring athlete WWE have, but he's not the Lex Luger he's not the total package <laughs> what a terrible example but I know you, yeah. <laughs> do you do you think they would have missed the boat with both now yes there's no way either of those are going to go into the main event so they're tag job guys basically now they're tag or I mean job is a job is a bad way of putting it they're they're, the, they're two of the very best guys at getting other people over. They're the top elevation talents. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, mm, very nice. They're always going to have money. They're always going to have a job. I can imagine afterwards, because I think, as we've said before, Cesaro will want to go with his wife and train at the Performance Center yeah. when his time's done. And can you imagine how nice good that retirement be? in Florida. You well, know, exactly. Employment, and you, WWE, easy. And then Zayn will either go back to the Indies if he tires of WWE and make 
barrel load of cash. I want to see his uh, retirement match in PWG one day. Quality work. Think about all the things they can do. <laughs> Would he go back under the Generico mask? Uh, see, that's that's where the fun stuff happens. Like, is he Generico? Is he not Generico? Does Generico appear at some point? You can know, you imagine like... the feud. They yeah. set him up. Generico versus Zane. But just to clarify, they're not the same people. Generico went to like an orphanage in Mexico to look after kids. Yeah, exactly. Like Sammy Zane's just a Canadian guy that appeared suddenly. It's a good thing he didn't go to like the UK. Tournament. It would just be Generico <laughs> from Leeds. <laughs> Oh, Leguero. Oh, I love Leguero. This Leeds accent. <laughs> Mexican Leeds, right? You should just come up and be like, Arima, Arima, and that's just, it. Just down from Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, before you get on to the next bit, I know what you're going to do. Do you notice the cheering section? Yes. The oh. white t-shirts, the Mojo Rawley t-shirts. I think it's his mum and are his they, family. Why is there two rows of them opposite the hard camera? Well, <laughs> this was the same time that both Mojo Rawley and Baron Corbin were coming in as undefeated bulldozers. Right, They're having okay. squash matches at every single turn leading up to sort of this match because I think the plan was going to build it to be Mojo Rawley versus Baron Corbin, undefeated versus undefeated. Right. And that just... Oh, that excites me. It tickles my fancy. <laughs> well, I can tell you. That it, did you all know the result of what happened? Go on. Well, I don't know. But I know one of them... Squ- <laughs> Obviously memorable, yeah. I know what happened. I just can't remember which guy won and which guy lost, but w- one of them squashed the other one, and that was it. Oh, great. And I, th- I think it was Bazza Corbs. It was probably Barry. I think yeah, it was yeah. Ba- <laughs> Barry, Barry Corbs. <laughs> it's belly talks. <laughs> like, so, so, on top of the Mojo Rawley fan section in the crowd, we had a really terrible vignette. The hype man. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was so good. This is like my favorite bit of the show. He is only in WWE based on who he knows. <laughs> oh, come on. He's ace. He's no. so funny. Like, he's next to a football star that seems genuinely mentally disabled. <laughs> like, he doesn't seem <laughs> capable of anything. <laughs> and just, like, he's so enthusiastic, but terrible. Oh, it's like, awful. How is he a heel nowadays? <laughs> it makes no sense. Okay, so we're on to our match. CJ Parker. The fucking hippie. <laughs> versus Mojo Rawley. I'm trying not to swear. But I couldn't resist. CJ Parker, now Juice Robinson in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You've got to say, as much as I didn't like CJ Parker during this time period, he's given it his all. So, uh, yeah, so basically, um, Mojo claims that CJ Parker is not hype enough. <laughs> it's just, I'm so glad I made notes on this. He I'm... don't get hype, he stay hype. <laughs> CJ Parker looked more... I mean, there was a lot of hype from both wrestlers in this match and their entrances. Yeah, the spinny belly thing CJ does. Ridiculous. That was great. I enjoyed that. So they go through some basic changes for uh, CJ Parker. um, Elevates on a back body drop. Parker comes back, gets gets a near fall. CJ's uh, doing all right trash talk to Mojo. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting biggie levels of butt crack visual. It's oh, all I've really? written throughout this. I didn't notice this. Uh, <laughs> no one's doing it. It's, it's, it's on one of my uh, my tick checklists. Do I see a lot of butt crack tick? And I saw a lot. Okay. Because biggie was notorious. This is usually the kind of stuff I notice. So I'm yeah. glad that you're paying attention to this sort of thing. <laughs> I, I thought you'd appreciate biggie butt crack levels. We Definitely. can have it as a, a biggie butt crack monitor going We need forward. like a scale. <laughs> uh, but basically Mojo comes back, hits the hype drive. So mm. jumping splash. Sorry, jumping butt splash. The whoopsie. <laughs> the whoopsie. Um, so Mojo wins in three minutes, 25 seconds. Yeah. 
decent cool down after the 20 23 minutes we've just had it's odd on your showcase like here's our here's our roster that they had this match here mm. and we'll get to a bit later in the car but another match i thought should have been its place featuring different talents yeah maybe um but i suppose in early days getting mojo lots of wins undefeated the, the crowd seems <laughs> that a good thing <laughs> well again because the crowd seemed mildly into him that no, mild was the word you were looking for <laughs> crowd seemed mild I... it was okay like uh there's my favorite part of this match is where william regal goes on about how much he hates polar bears <laughs> remember this bit? so there's the whole gimmick of cj parker being a hippie and you know wanting to the polar bears to be there and safe and not use your cars or whatever and regal just goes on this tire tirade about how much he doesn't care about polar bears i've never seen one of them so why should i care i love my big suv <laughs> it's very strange <laughs> And you can tell that's from him because there's no Vincent Man feeding lines. I doubt Triple H in the backstage going, you know what, Will? Chuck in some polar bear hatred. <laughs> so odd. So after this, we see a backstage shot of Emma stretching with the occasional dance move. Um, My bubbles. And good old bubbles. Segways into a vignette of Emma. They should have used that on the main roster for her to explain why she dances and not just some idiot just well, doing a bubble gimmick thing. Yeah. They should have done that. Because even that was over in NXT, but no one ever explained it when she came up to the main roster. And then granted that she then was accused of stealing an iPhone case. And then that <laughs> ruined it for her. <laughs> do, you, do you think it's a bit weird that there's a random promo when her match isn't coming up next as well? I, just to set the scene, because obviously it's a big deal. Okay, I think, fair enough. I think just to let, again, people know the characters who they're going to be seeing later in the evening. Okay. And also, so people go, oh, I'm going to stay around for this Aussie chick and see what see what happens. Okay. They've always done a good job of vignettes. And a tag team who definitely benefited from them in NXT was the Ascension. I'd forgotten how good the Ascension came across. Yeah, and definitely this version without Bram and Conor O'Brien. Yeah. Rick Victor is a great wrestler. Is that his name? Rick Victor. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I like this gimmick. Um, it, it's, it's an obvious gimmick. It's been done a lot. Like, you know, Demolition, LOD, blah, 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 blah. They're really not on that caliber in ring, no, I believe. And I think those comparisons when they went up to the main roster killed them straight away. Yeah. And I think it was JBL on commentary who basically just crapped all over them, saying, you're not the LOD, you're not Demolition, you're nowhere near their league, you're not of that standard, you're not of that level of ability. And straight away, if you've got a commentator saying, here's our heel tag team coming up to dominate, and we think they suck, no wonder why they're jobbing out to people. Yeah, true, true. But... Ascension have basically been a dominant tag team at this stage for months, and they issued an open challenge. Who answered the challenge? My word, too cool. Who saw this coming? No one. My it's God. It's the strangest. As soon as that music hit, I was like, oh, I know that music. Who's this? They came out Who's like, Rikishi teaming with? Oh, of course with? it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I hoped. I have a question, quickly about the Ascension. Why don't they, why don't they do this entrance? When they do this entrance on this show... They both kind of like come up from like a, a 90 degree position as the camera pans back. They come down the ring. They have this big pose and one comes in one side and come, one comes in the far side and they meet in the middle and they look amazing. Like, why don't they do this anymore? Because they killed momentum after the first two weeks on the main roster. But surely it's their decision not to do their entrance. I don't think so. I think it's... I think well, it's, Someone's told them you have to jog to the ring. <laughs> like, jog well, in, boys. Again, if they've lost faith in them, it's a case of, right, you need to be in the ring during the, the break, and then once we come back from the break, you're going to be in the ring without your ascension. We'll have your theme wouldn't, music Wouldn't playing. you at least do the pose? You know? 
something. Like, bit, they don't do shit anymore. Be a bit weird though. Our TV's back. Oh, they essentially have just decided to after stand, stand in the corner to do their pose. But do anything to get your gimmick over is the point I'm getting to. The Ascension beat the stuffing. They beat the daylight out of Too Cool. As this match should be booked. I mean, it was nice at Grandmaster Sexay playing the face in trouble. He's the one in moderate peril. Maybe he's got it too hot. He'll get that hot tag and come out, you know, yeah, yeah. get over him. But um, he gets the, the fun bit of the worm in at least. Yeah, you know? it's, again, not many notes to say from this other than they got basically beaten down. They got a worm, which, you know, where would you rate that? Below or above the Cobra in finishing moves? Ah, in terms of it's very silly live and it's fun and all this sort of stuff, yeah, fine. Like, I'm all right with silly gimmicks and silly things. Like, it's it's on the level of like the people's elbow, the cobra, all this sort of stuff. Like even the five knuckle shuffle, it's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. It ruins the illusion of it being a fight or a contest. Even, uh, I, I don't hate it. I'm going to be honest. I like silly things. I People like... remember it. It's Shakara esque. Yeah, you know, I don't hate those. Yeah. But after the worm, uh, the Ascension then hit the Fall of Man, connect, and it's a wrap. Amazingly, that went just under seven minutes of that beatdown. You mean total elimination? I was... Total elimination! <laughs> Sorry, acting with Joey Styles. <laughs> I do not recall ECW for the purposes of gimmick infringement. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment here where Byron Saxton sums up why the Ascension were okay back then and why they're shit now. Um, he says, they don't laugh, they don't smile. And all I could think was, they do now. Yeah. Yeah, they really do now. In their, their cheesy, funny... It's been kind of funny with uh, Brizango. Yeah. I enjoyed those segments, the bits that I saw, but it, it killed the character completely. I don't know where these guys go from this point now. Um, the Indies. Yeah, you think they're... Or they'll just basically work on main event and superstars until their contracts expire or one of them gets injured and then the other one depressing, man. That's really depressing. But maybe justified. I don't don't see a lot of in-ring ability, really. They're impressive, but not... Rick Victor would benefit amazingly if that team were to be split up and released. I think Rick Victor, as a singles wrestler, could be a decent mid-card talent. Do you not think they'd mojo him a little bit? No. I I think they'd bring him back to be vicious Rick Victor because again when he was on the indies people really raved about him and he was there a top singles guy in NXT in the 2013 sort of calendar year until Bram got fired right and then they stuck him in with Connor to be the um, updated version of the Ascension cool so I think for him he probably thought oh great I'll get to have a tank run but I think short term brilliant long term not great for his prospects no, it'd be interesting to see if they do something with him in the future, but for now, he's sitting kind of dwelling in that mid-card yeah. status, you know. But he's ma- he's taking a paycheck, he's making money. As you said, a sock puppet can pay for someone's health, but if he can set up someone's family, and also, you know, let's be honest, you're going to put your body for a lot of wear and tear. He's going to be on house shows. <laughs> Mate, that easy money, you know? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If, if they're being squashed, if they're being paid to fly out somewhere, and they have to be on a comedy segment for five, ten minutes... And then they get paid and they get to go home and they get to be around the business they love. More power to them. All the power to them, mate. Definitely. Up next, before our big NXT Women's Championship match, we get a pretty decent vignette of the Anti-Diva. So amazing what happens in a few years' time. The Anti-Diva page. And man, did they get her over strong in this vignette. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Really good. I think having Paige as the first NXT Women's Champion was a great idea because it's something completely different to what 
fans in the WWE had seen over the last 10, 15 years of attractive women in provocative attire, not really wrestling, but then to have someone like Paige come out Hmm. and at the same time, you've got people like Natalia in the background who, again, it's beautiful in her own right, but she's not going to sit there in underwear just frolicking about. She wants to wrestle because she's a decent wrestler. Yeah. Obviously loves cats. (laughs) There's three or four women that had been in the WWE before Paige that were kind of doing something different. They were being respected for being wrestlers as such, you know? Like, Trish and people like that had tried it, but really those were models that came in to become wrestlers. But you have your Litas, your Beth Phoenix, your um, Jazz, you know, there's always been women that have been really high-level, talented, non-divery wrestlers. Paige is the first time that I felt like they put someone at the top of the card and really gave her that work and that gimmick to... um, to do something different finally and it's led to well the divas women's revolution evolution whatever you want to call it and the current state of women's wrestling where they're just going to have their own pay-per-view now which is great you mean all thanks to stephanie mcmahon oh of course it is yeah lady balls over there (laughs) yeah uh it's a weird one like in this opening promo there is something i actually wanted to mention um there's uh, a line in it where Paige says uh, she knows she's the first champ but she's got a lot of trouble coming her way she doesn't know the half of it. <laughs> Jesus. That poor girl has been through so much crap. Namely, Alberto Del Rio. Should we go through this now? Because yeah, yeah let's, let's do this. The daughter of Ricky Knight getting the WWE contract above her brothers to being a top superstar to being put on the main roster to win the belt on her first night there to be the first NXT champion before that. To, you think about the push, the prospect, everything she had going for her to sex tapes being released of her and eventually marrying Alberto Del Rio and going on this drug-fueled tirade on the internet like in front of everyone for the world to see missing spots like bookings and such to being off TV for all this time to then finally coming back seemingly getting herself clean breaking her freaking neck and basically having to retire it's like what happened in these three years and do you think part of that, the Rock's movie of her family has been postponed because it's been pushed back now, I think, till next year? Because the trailers were going on around Mania time. Yeah. Because she was off TV and when she came back, she was injured. So there'd be no, obviously, on screen time for her to really promote the movie. Do you think that's a reason why they pushed it? Other than that, because obviously they cited production issues. But oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that. But if they've got trailers done a bit i know again from your world this is more knowledgeable than me but if you're saying i've got a movie to release in march of 2018 to then turn around and go oh we're gonna need another year oh mate it happens all the time yeah like literally it's it's so regular nowadays in that production is done on such a tight budget because there isn't just like one movie this summer there's a thousand movies you can go see in the cinema there's a thousand things released on netflix there's a thousand things released on amazon like they're buying out so much that there's there's less wealth to go around basically Mm. like there's more there's more in the last five years money has started to come back into the film industry which is really really good because netflix exists amazon prime exists blah 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 blah. people are spending money on it um the problem being that there's so much content available that it's very difficult for anything that isn't already established to kind of get that momentum going things like there's the exceptions game of thrones for example um things like mindhunter and stuff are very kind of unique but they're all based in something that was already popular or known about it's very difficult to have something that's unique so 
her story works in that sense and there's there's a fan base already there there's it would make a lot of money if they just released it now like on netflix or just on demand but to me it feels more like they've delayed it because there's more story to tell almost uh possibly she's got a lot has happened to her in this time period like even in the last year think about what's gone on oh, in yeah, her very life true. like i think if they ended her story her film with her in the ring as the champion celebrating it's not really the full story so after this vignette we then go to the crowd where we see rick flair with his daughter charlotte whoa <laughs> all right kurt angle <laughs> i was trying not to peek the mic sensible yeah but um and then obviously later, months later, Charlotte would then go on to win the uh, NXT women's title from here. Seeing her sitting in the crowd and knowing her future, you're like, oh, she's good. She's so good. I do like as well that now they always go back to where they show things like Charlotte being in the crowd at different things. So they show things of her at, like watching Ric Flair wrestle. There's a the stuff in WCW where she's in the ring as yeah. they're trying to beat down Ric Flair and Ashley Flair and all the, the Flair David children, and David yeah, Flair yeah. and Reed Flair all in there. After they show that, we then get Stephanie in the ring where the crowd... Look who's out to take some credit. (laughs) (laughs) And the fans chant, you've still got it. And she responds, I never lost it. Do you think it's a bit sexually exploitative here? That uh, a woman comes out to the ring and they're instantly like, you've still got it. I think they're talking about her physique more than anything at this point. (laughs) Just me? That wasn't my thought. What did you think they were chanting for? I don't know. I just think that they were just like... Because she'd been off TV for a long time. Had she? she? Okay, I don't know. I I think that's potentially why that she uh, sort of appeared before taking credit for the women's Mm. evolution revolution. Maybe I've taken this the wrong way, but it came across to me that they were complimenting her physique because she was wearing a tight-fitting dress. Wow, you look good, girl! Yeah, pretty much. That's how I took it. But, like, maybe I'm wrong. But um, So, the diva speech that she gives here. How offended are you by the word diva in general? I'm not offended by the word diva because at the time that was still WWE's thing from the Attitude Era. They were having attractive ladies to titillate. Diva implies to me someone that won't get along with everyone else that has things her own way and that's just not what you want in a wrestler, really. No, not at all. But that's how they branded them originally, as as we know at that time. Yeah, I get it. I, I think it's a mistake. Yeah, oh, definitely. If you look back to a lot of wrestling over the last 10, 15 years, a lot of it has been a hideous mistake. WrestleMania 19, the Booker T and Triple H angle leading up to it, Mm. where Booker T confronts him in the showers and he throws a dollar at him and says, get me a towel. (laughs) And before that, Ric Flair is saying, you shouldn't be in the same ring of him, you should be carrying his bags and driving his car and giving him a chauffeur hat. Uh Oh my God. Who, I mean, I don't know who wrote that, but seriously, and that's it's not the seventies, mate. Like <laughs> exactly, but it's it's the things like that that you look back now and you go, how did they get away with it? Having so hiring their paramedic back in WWE, a BB Bynes, because she had big boobies. Yeah, yeah. And and the I didn't um, hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate the female form, but from a wrestling standpoint, as a man, I'd be like, if you're trying to do like a a flapjack with that, how does that work? How would you bump? Because they're going to get in the way. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. But moving on from flapjacking, if you've got big boobs, mine are quite big. So mine are big enough, yeah, as we're getting away, to be fair. Paige and Emma for the NXT women's title. Yeah. We had a couple of vignettes for it. I thought this was a very, very good match. Leading up to this, uh, Paige had been injured for six months leading up to this. So Emma had been the number one contender for a very long time. So I'm assuming this rivalry had probably staled a little bit. Because uh, obviously, if you've got a build-up for six months of someone saying, I'll have your belt when you're back, it'd mm. be like the UFC. No, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting until he's back. I'll just have a year off then. 
I'm not fighting. Right, okay. And that's what I, I got from that. But um, I liked how William Regal, during the entrance, did the uh, Emma's bubble-popping dance, as did Stephanie McMahon in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> Do you think it's a bit Zeke Hiley? <laughs> I couldn't help but notice that every time she does this, it's a bit like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's very... Now you're doing it. White power. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now you're doing it in front of me. Um, I can see where you're going with it. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, I mean... hmm, Maybe it's because I'm more aware of it because all the nonsense in the news nowadays, but it's, yeah, she's walking to the ring, extending her arms in a very pointed finger way. It feels little inappropriate when you see little kids in the audience doing it as well but i guess she's taking it back you know so i'd rather see little kids doing the balloon pop slash other thing you've just mentioned yeah, rather yeah. than little whatever but her name is bailey's mate in the crowd if, if, waving if you're gonna go pop a balloon wouldn't you use a finger rather than <laughs> i can't think of how to describe it well if you're dancing like that it looks a bit silly isn't it <laughs> If you can't, obviously you can't see what I'm doing, but at the moment I'm doing Emma's dance with just <laughs> this is great for podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> discussion of how do you pop a balloon <laughs> bubble? <laughs> let's, oh, let's move on. I shouldn't have brought it up. It's I'm, still I'm, funny though. Don't I'm, you dare cut that. I'm definitely not. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you did it. But we start off with a shoving match as things get underway, and then the the ladies start brawling. Um, after a kick to the gut, Paige goes for an early Page Turner that Emma counters with a backslide for a two. Love a backslide, really simplistic but really effective. Very rarely gets a pinfall, but you know that, again, from a conscious standpoint, the amount of energy to kick out from that is just going to wear down your opponent, and that's yeah. why I think a backslide is excellent. Yeah, no complaints. Uh, slingshot by Emma countered into a pin. I like how scrappy this start is. It really yeah. gets over the intensity of this feud. And no collar elbow to start with, shoving. I want the. I want to be the best. Yeah, which was nice from a, a, a women's match in WWE at this time. A case of I want the title yeah that's something what different. I want like we are talking about earlier like they're finally giving these girls space and feuds and storylines not just like oh I like that bloke but you like that bloke so we're gonna have a wrestling match which is just shit in pudding yeah exactly <laughs> or mud or <laughs> or anything else gowns or whatever it may be playboy bunny pillow fight snoop dog special guest Jesus. referee it's ridiculous can I read out my favourite regal quote at this point yes because the commentary on this was blinding it was throughout. really fun was really but good. there's a really funny regal line where he's talking about Emma have you, have you got this written down I know which co- I know which one you're about to say but far away <laughs> okay I've been married 17 times why can't I find a nice girl like that uh, it's because I'm addicted to wedding cake <laughs> <laughs> So good, so funny. Oh, William Regal is the best. Yeah, he's he's, he's um maybe a little too funny, over enthusiastic at times to get across the seriousness of the feud. But that line is so funny. The fact he's been married seventeen times because he wants the cake. <laughs> it's so silly. It's the only reason I'd get divorced. Oh god, I laughed so hard at that. I, I had to stop the fucking show for a second <laughs> just to get my breath back. On a quick segue, yeah. which we are uh, tend to do. William Regal, had he not got suspended after winning that King of the Ring, yeah, main event would have been on his way too. I think. Uh, I think being Triple H's buddy and friend and stuff, he could have been um, a top heel run would have been nice to see Definitely. at some point. Don't think he ever needed it though. I think he's always been 
one of the very best. We all know he's one of the very best. He's been funny. He's been great in the ring. He's given us a whole bunch of other guys like through training and such. Though, <laughs> you know, Brian Danielson, for example, I like, learned a lot from William yeah, Regal. What's he ever done? Yeah, exactly. Daniel Bryan. I mean, God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to so again, he was brilliant on commentary as as were Phillips and Saxton. Yeah. Um, Emma goes for her Emma sandwich. And, uh, page... Some of the names in these moves are terrible. The Page Turner, the Emma Sandwich, the Evolution. Like, come on. Well, <laughs> too many puns. Too you'll many. love it when Paige comes back with a knee strike, but uh, she wastes too much time screaming. Emma takes her down, and we get a dilemma, and then an Emma Sandwich. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My brain hurts. Paige is fantastic at selling in this match. She makes everything Emma does look vicious, like she's in pain throughout. Yeah. Her facials. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bra- <laughs> I still get a laugh every time. Her facial expressions. Her facial expressions. <laughs> Cheers, Brad Maddox. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dropped that. Oh, that's so good. More importantly, Ooh. on that subject, <laughs> I like the fact that Maddox got a lot of flex trip, but Xavier Woods, no one cared. No, it's like literally as one comment on like some award show the week after it's like forgotten about like yeah exactly Woods oh, can do God. it no wrong but Mad Braddocks oh fucking hell <laughs> oh my lord compose yourself I tried so hard not to put those lines in you just went for it it's <laughs> like good on you <laughs> well it's it's in the public domain yeah true, it's factually true. accurate yeah poor girl you feel terrible for her but and at this stage yeah. Emma's probably like, I don't want to touch that belt oh I imagine as much yeah yeah true <laughs> It's stained. <laughs> so, so um, oh, I've lost my place in my notes. Um, right, we're up to the uh, page turner stuff. Oh, page turner stuff. Well, did you enjoy the um, Emma does her little sit out powerbomb as well? Yeah. And then someone start, they chant the better than Batista yeah. in the crowd. Uh, is that what they were chanting? Yeah. All right. Okay. I tried to work it out. I heard Batista and I assumed they were chanting something along those lines. But yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. That's so, funny. Nice respect there because again, his powerbomb was quite good. Uh, yeah. I think she she did it better. She didn't lean back and almost fall on her, her, her neck as she did it. You know, <laughs> like, it was good. I like to set out a powerbomb like Liger-esque, you know. He was just trying to do a destroyer and yeah. it went wrong because mm. Batista doesn't watch the Indies. Because he's a great wrestler. <laughs> Well, hang on. For a big man, he's a match of Undertaker. I've never seen a Batista match I've enjoyed. Oh, really? Ever. Absolutely hate him. <laughs> hate his promos, <laughs> his character, hate his wrestling. Like, it's just not for me. I like the fact that when he was in, he was in Evolution and everyone's like, oh, these young guys. So he's 43. <laughs> now! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but as you said, yeah, so we've got after the uh, the Better Than Batista bomb, Paige begins to rally, and we've got some loud, sh- loud, loud shots as well. Yeah. Um, Just the crowd are chanting so much they kind of don't pay attention to the end of this match. Yeah, they're starting to yeah. get a little bit into themselves. Mm. Yeah. I-, I feel like berating a crowd again, but I probably won't because I do that every week yeah. on the pod. So, <laughs> But we get a Paige Turner and a kick out at two. And at that stage, no one had kicked out of the Paige Turner. And I think the commentary got that over all right. Yeah, crowd didn't seem to care, but I'll no. carry on. <laughs> um, but then digging deep, uh, she applies a scorpion lock. Speaking of terrible names, this eventually becomes the PTO. Yeah. The Page Tap Out. Oh, so such a terrible name. What's wrong with the Scorpion Cross Lock or Scorpion Lock? Just leave it like that. It's a great name. Sting's move. <laughs> well, did Sting ever use this? No, he just used no. Scorpion Death Lock. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it it's it makes so much sense to call it the Scorpion Lock or Scorpion Cross Lock or whatever. Like yeah. Page Tap Out? No. Ugh. 
But then that again, they weren't, they weren't great at naming her when she got into the uh, the women's revolution faction and they called them what? I can't remember the name. Was the Sorority uh, Sisters. Submission Sorority. Submission Sorority, yeah. yeah that, which is a great name, but happens to be a porno as well. So. Yeah, someone should, probably should have Googled that. <laughs> yeah. So Emma is forced to submit in the Scorpion Lock slash PTO and the crowd response of the move was quite good at the end. Yeah. At the yeah, end, so I said they were losing their interest, but once they got the result, they popped quite happily for the victory. Yeah, and what a cool finish as well. Yeah, and I think obviously the right person won here to carry on spearheading that level uh, of I'm women's wrestling. I'm trying to think, like, pre this, what was Emma kind of doing? Was she just feuding with Paige, essentially? Because there was that break, obviously, that you talked about. Yeah, literally nothing. She'd gone up to the main roster at this stage as well, so she, I think she was starting to right. do her stuff with Santino at this stage. Okay. Because this is where having her vignettes here on Arrival would have been good had they used them on the main roster to get mm. people to understand her character. Um, I think she's a great athlete. I think with Emma, again, looking at where they are now, we've already looked at Paige, but with Emma, I think it's a real shame she wasn't comfortable because the dirt sheets um, were saying that the reason the Emmalina character didn't happen was she wasn't comfortable being this sort of sultry lady and all mm. sort of, glamour which is strange because all the time they, people were showing pictures of her Instagram where she's more than happy being sultry in her Instagram but the Emmalina gimmick I don't think would ever I think it was meant for other people and she kind of got saddled with it yeah and because um... when she teamed with Dana Brooke later on in NXT that Emma was fantastic I didn't hate it I enjoyed it a lot um, I like the the salty annoying bad girl heel sort of thing i think the aussie girls do it better the uh the iconics thank you very much the iconics do it better um which is funny because they're also australian as well but i think you could have easily slipped her into that gimmick um i'm not a fan of this emma this emma's character Oh, this, dan- oh, dancing Emma. Yeah, I, I, I think she could be okay at the geeky kind of silly thing, but then Bailey does that better. Yeah, and so it feels like every turn that Emma was taking, there was someone else or a group of people that were doing her that gimmick better than she was. Yeah, and also as you said you had AJ Lee at the time being the nerdy wrestler as well. So yeah, it's, it's difficult to find like a place where she fits in. Yeah, and I think as well going forward, it was a case of potentially a bit too early for Emma to be on the main roster mm. as well lost in the so. mix a bit still yeah. at the tail end of the diva give her a couple of years in NXT I know she got put back on NXT for a while but I think this was this giving her that break and the main roster now is way too early yeah definitely yeah maybe it's just desperate to have more women on the main roster at this point because they seemed to be very much quite thin at that time yeah it was very thin and obviously the the feedback from the matches in NXT were a lot of the female talent were saying, oh, I'd rather work in NXT because I actually get to work. Right, yeah. Get to do matches rather than sort of a two-minute, two, well, not even that, three-second squash match with the Bellas. Yeah. Post-match, oh, I thought you'd hate this part. Handshakes and hugs. Handshakes and hugs. Knowing that they're friends now, I can understand why, but it Second felt unnecessary hug. to the story. Yeah. Second amount of hugging. I said Cesaro Zane for the story, it made sense. Yeah. For this, they're not gonna suddenly become tag team mates in the storyline. It's just a case of we've done we've done a good match. I would have preferred the rivalry to continue and being more aggressive towards each other rather than this happy huggy. Yeah, yeah. I would like to heal ish end. Yeah, definitely. Like like the Shawn Michaels Jericho. I I respect you, wallop. Yeah, that'd have been great. Turn Emma Hill now. Yeah. Or turn Paige Hill even. Just like page turn yeah oh god yep <laughs> i see myself out um 
we get a uh, a vignette of Adrian Neville. Geordie Nev. Geordie Nev. Why did they Why did they take away his first name? Neville, such a terrible name. He did say why they took it away. Go on. He felt that Adrian, uh, to an American audience, would be difficult for them to understand. Really? It, they, so they were saying as well, Adrian isn't a, a name that people can understand or get on board with, so they just cut it down to Neville, apparently. They, they seem fairly comfortable with it on this show. Yeah, real people, aren't they? Yeah, strange one, strange one. Uh, I often wonder whether they gave him the name Neville because of the Harry Potter character. I never watched or read Harry Potter. There's a Harry Potter character called Neville who is I go- <laughs> who's kind of like um, how to describe him. He's a bumbling idiot that ends up saving the day almost. Okay. And so it's kind of like I felt that because he'd been quite a successful character in that series, that it was a name that Americans knew as a British person. Uh, okay. And so once they labelled him with this, I thought I thought that's what they were going for, but then it never really worked out that way. Like just thank God they never made him the Rat King or something like. Apparently Vince always wanted him <laughs> ah. to be. Can you imagine? My oh, goddamn Rat King. Up next, we move on to Tyler Breeze versus Xavier Woods. Nice follow-on from Paige there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Woods had already debuted his gimmick on the main roster, Stolen Brodus Clay's Girls, and entrance music. <laughs> oh, is that where this came from? Right, so Xavier comes out. I hear funk is on a roll. And I'm like, yeah, it's Brodus. I mean, Tyrus. I mean, Tyrus. I mean, whatever his name is now. Oh, it's Woods. It's Why is Xavier Woods coming out to this? Is that what it was? Like, he'd stolen his gimmick? He'd basically gone up there. He had Cameron and Naomi dancing for him. Right, okay. And that was it, because that was the end of Brodus Clay. I don't remember that at all. So Brodus had already left at this point. No. So Brodus was still around? Yep. How does this make sense? What is this gimmick? I think they went up and tagged, Mm. and then Woods just took everything, and Brodus went to TNA. Fine. That works for me, whatever. Saxton drops a line here that I was a bit like, oh... Maybe that's not the right thing to say. He calls him, that's my jive soul brother. <laughs> I was like, hmm, little racial connotations there, but we'll just skip over that, I At guess. Least Phillips didn't say it. Yeah, true. Can you imagine? So this, if Regal has said it, I think he might have got away with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's funny enough. He's still, he's, he's still got credit from the, the 17 weddings for a cake. Yeah, yeah, that line's so good. But um, we basically get about 30 seconds until Alexander Rusev and Lana appear. Yeah. Rusev, man, he has put some work in over the last four years. It's, it's, um, he's, he's one of the best guys they have that they don't seem to utilize as much as they should. And they're starting to. Yeah. And there was this time period, like when you can't WrestleMania with the tank, that sort of time period. Where he was top guy, top heel. Like I remember when they initially pushed him, I was thinking this is too soon. He's not ready for this. I was completely wrong. Did you think Vladimir Kozlov level when they pushed him that uh, quickly? Yeah, that's kind of what I think everyone thought at that point. But with Lana in tow, this is great. The second he cut his hair as well, he really got over with me. This this kind of straggly worms coming down his face doesn't work <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, I love the evil Russian character. I like the evil Russian, uh, sorry, the evil Bulgarian character he did afterwards once I kind of lost Lana, which I think was a mistake again. Um, this, the silly kind of leading into Rusev day yeah. was fun, but I'd prefer to see him as an angry, serious heel. Yeah, I think unless they're going to go full face, hmm. and that will then lead and back doesn't to... doesn't feel like WWE will ever go full face with him. No, but that would then lead into their plan, which I originally thought they had with Lana, was that she was going to become Sunny. My only issue with this yeah. is this match should have been allowed to go 
and again showcase talent and then Rawley uh, and CJ Parker should have been squashed by Alexander Rusev. Yeah, yeah, that would have made more sense, definitely. Um, what do you think about Tyler Breeze? A clear example, similar to what we've alluded to on previous pods, that this gimmick would have worked better had Vince McMahon not been around. Yeah. Because I don't think he gets it. A lot of criticism oh, wow, of Vince McMahon... That's got to be true, isn't it? Like, well, he, mm. he doesn't understand modern times. That's a big criticism of Vince McMahon. He doesn't understand what people know, what people are into at this time. Yeah. So having someone come out of a selfie stick, he's probably like, why is he filming himself? <laughs> no, no, Vince, that's not what... There's a purpose. This is... People do this. Tourists do this. And p- vain people hold this up and take pictures of himself. Why is he yeah. taking pictures of himself? No, Vince, this is the reason why. But like, the Prince of Pretty. Yeah. What an amazing thing to come up with. Like, that alliteration. Like, you can put that on t-shirts. Like, everything. I think a mistrick from a character on the main roster mm. and for Mike Dalton to transition from that to Tyler Breeze in NXT because again through backstage sort of stuff that he was on his last run same thing as him and Adam Rose they're like you need to change your gimmicks up or you're going to be gone right and Tyler Breeze worked really well and again he's a good in-ring worker he's and it was great, great down worker. NXT Shawn Michaels-esque you know not yeah. to that level but he's getting there he was getting there at least and I think for Tyler Breeze the fact he's still around is a good thing because that character sadly died on his ass. Do you think they've Ziggler'd it that it's gone too far now? Yeah, and I think having him feud with Ziggler to start with on the main roster was a massive mistake because everyone's be like, oh, even Ziggler said it, you're supposed to be me. You're yeah. the next me. And instantly people have gone, oh, I'm bored of Ziggler, so I'm going to be bored of <sighs> Tyler Breeze. I really, really think they've missed the boat here because I think Tyler Breeze could have been such a great character to have on TV. Yeah, I think a TV character, and similar to what we said to earlier, I think he would have been a top-level enhancement talent. He'd be good as a face, good as a heel, great hand, icy Perfect level. Perfect Ted DiBiase son of period, yeah. you know? Yeah. A wrestler who, period, position on the card, I mean. Yeah, a wrestler who you could give a mid-card championship to who would have meaningful matches, but he would be able to still have good matches without the titles. Can work heel, can work face, can change fairly regularly to suit what you need him to be. Like, such a good person to have, like, a utilisation, like, you know. Yeah, because you can imagine... A if utility he, player, sorry. That's yeah. the word I'm going for. And you can imagine if he was a face, taking selfies with the crowd, posting them on his Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Instantly, WWE would be lapping that up. Yeah. Tapping into more of the showy Shawn Michaels side. Yeah. And as a heel, obviously, he's an obnoxious bastard. is an easy one to do, yeah. Character-wise... It's so simple, but pulled off. I think it's probably very difficult to pull off. So the concept thing pull off. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Very mature podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started on football. I pull dick off. Ah, <laughs> uh, footy lads. Oh, so mate. after after the squash, yeah. we get our final vignette of the evening, and it's of our NXT champion Bo Dallas, who his character at this time is the. I'm the good guy, but he's so obnoxious doing it. Oh, my word. What the, We're talking about just then Tyler Breeze with characters. Bo Dallas is this character. Fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Bo Dallas is hilarious. This gimmick is much better than I remembered it being. Like, the part where he asks for the glass, the water, and he gives him a bottle. He's like, oh, no, I don't drink out of plastic bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like, a glass for yeah. it's, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, the photoshopped images of him with up in the background and the cookies and everything. Like, uh, this gimmick was hilarious. Which leads me to wonder, who's heel? Who's facing this next match? 
I mean, the, the Bo Dallas character there is because he's supposed to be the good guy, but he's so goody goody two shoes. The fans are supposed to hate him because he's right. so over the top. So Bo is the That's heel. That's what I assumed. Yeah, uh, Bo's the heel going to this, and and Neville's the 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 face going after the championship. But what a sign! Because at the time, Bo had won the belt off Big E. And Big E had been doing his five counts and was undefeated. Yeah, yeah. And then having Bo Dallas beat them shows they know that they've got a lot of faith in Bo Dallas. And you're starting to see it a bit more now. Back they on used Raw. to have a lot of faith, yeah. Like this, this, uh, The B-team stuff is funny. I like it. Um, before pr- Prior to that, I'm <laughs> just joining up from the main, the, to the main roster. Jesus, it's had nothing. He had a great t-shirt. Oh, the Believe one. Yeah. yeah. All you've got to do is Believe. <laughs> I wonder... I never enjoyed that character, I'm going to be honest. I wonder if in the future they are ever going to openly acknowledge Bo and Bray. They've started to because there's a, there a promo this week. I can't remember who it was, but they said, you're the brother I've always wanted. <laughs> I think it was Bo saying it to <laughs> Axel when obviously, you know, <laughs> he's feuding with someone who might or might not be his brother. <laughs> it is amazing, though, of the two wrestlers, how different they are, their brothers. And then you look at IRS as their dad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you guys are character, really character driven. Yeah. It's funny when you first saw Bo dressed as... Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, thank yeah. you very much. How similar he looked and how well he did the gimmick and the voice and everything. Yeah, that was really fun. So we're into our main event of the evening and similar to how classic ladder matches before with Razor and Jeff Hardy, Big Nev walks under the ladder. He, he does. doesn't believe in bad luck. He's got the the confidence in himself to do it. And I love that this little story where Bo won't do it. And he goes and he kind of walks up the ladder and you think, is he going to do it? And then he's like, no, <laughs> just going to walk around this. I thought this match was quite entertaining. Start to finish. It's not the best ladder match you're going to see. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Did you not? No, I think it was good. Uh, I found myself not paying attention as much as maybe I would if it had been more involved. I think this is mainly to do with, uh, I think Adrian Neville is one of the greatest wrestlers this country's ever produced. I think he's outstanding. I think Bo is a bit mediocre. And I don't, I didn't quite get the story coming into this either. Other than Nev is number one contender. And yeah. Bo has been champion for a while. I think that was their their booking. And I wonder with the ladder match itself, is Bo having to be more aggressive because he's not a high flyer? Whereas sometimes when you get these ladder matches, you've got people who are capable of doing or pulling something out, doing something from the top of the ladder or do Mm -hmm. something from the top rope. And to have that slightly different dynamic to a ladder match, I don't think their styles gelled brilliantly for a match. And adding a ladder match into it, I'm assuming um, Neville had done many before but i wonder if this is Bo's first ladder match it's funny in the, in the opening promo they both say oh this is the first time i've ever been in a ladder match and i'm absolutely convinced <laughs> that park at least has been in dragon gate for a long time before this and have done plenty of ladder yeah. matches on the indies and in japan uh, i don't know about Bo. um they, I, honestly i can't remember a specific ladder match either of them have been in before this so they might not have ever been in one either didn't happen wwe didn't happen yeah exactly that's how vince sees it at least so one of the first notes I've got here is when um, Bo traps Neville's leg in the ropes to go and get the ladder. And again, playing into his character, it's a case of, I'm not getting involved in this mess. I'm going to tie up in this rope. I'm going to walk out slowly. I'm going to go and get that ladder. It's a good moment, yeah. It's clever. 
but obviously, as one would expect, Neville managed to free himself, baseball slide into the ladder, and then we got a lovely plancher from Neville. Man, (laughs) he's so good. He's so good in the ring. He's so hench at this point as well. Like, he's big and muscular, which he never really was. And he got even more jacked years on. He's... Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you remember seeing him as a young lad on the British Indies and yeah. such? Like, and just thinking how good he was. Then he got that PWG booking and sort of started to kind of be pushed around. Ended up going to Dragon Gate for a long time when they were on their, their real high run as well. And it's being in Dragon Gate around like Masato Shino, BB Hulk, um, Naruki Doi, which were all hench dudes. Like, they, they used to have a group called the Muscle Outlaws. Okay. And that's when he started to get big. So I'm oh, absolutely right. convinced it was hanging out with them, their routines, their supplements. <laughs> Let's just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> it's how he got so big. Everyone so. loves whey protein. Mate, I remember... <laughs> Sponsors of the podcast <laughs> today. <laughs> Seeing Puck before he went to Japan and being a young, plucky, happy-to-be-there underdog guy. And when he came back from Japan, taking himself as a serious wrestler. And you can see he was determined to be like, I am going to be the top guy. I'm the man. I'm a serious talent here. You need to pay attention to that. And once he started to get that across in his character, that's when I really started to take him seriously. Yeah. And he's still got that at this point here. Like, you can see he's he's focused. He's determined. And um, I think it's a real shame that this, I think, all came about due to having to drop a belt to Enzo and money about not being on the WrestleMania DVD, allegedly why he's basically just said, you know what, I don't need this. What is his current contract status? Employed, but not paid. Weird one. So he can't go anywhere else right now? No. So, And I think that's, again, smart from WWE because they know they've got something that people would want. You know where he's going if he is leaving? Uh, TNA? <laughs> Come on. Come on now. Well, we already saw the tease of Bullet Club originally when he first to basically walks out but he will be mate think of that junior scene with Puck in there do you think he'd do that or would you think he oh, has dude. well or would you think he'd hazard his chances at a UK Ring of Honor not Ring of Honor um, would he hedge his bets coming home to be on World of Sport <laughs> nah, screw that he's got massive <laughs> he's got higher ambitions than World of Sport like no no disrespect to World of Sport um, it's an important thing I'm very happy it's happening um, I wish the roster was a bit better but anyway um, <laughs> it's got Doug on it it'll be fine yeah exactly as long as Doug's there it'll be fine I'll, I'll still watch it each week uh, as much as I can um, thing with Park is that you send in he goes to New Japan comes into that indie scene uh, has matches with Osprey Kushida um, Taiji Ishimori like <laughs> Hiromu if his neck isn't absolutely broken to pieces like there's easy matches to have there like five star they'll, they'll burn the house down just let him go let him do the stuff he used to do what we know he can do that he's capable of um, and then push him to that upper mid heavyweight scene yeah you know first he starts to lose to Makabe and people like that but then eventually he starts to get over like a Suzuki or like someone like that into that main event scene and I think they could make him AJ Styles level good back to Neville getting a uh, a mini beatdown from Bo Bo tries to ram a ladder uh, into Neville's face but misses and it slides into the ring before Neville backdrops him onto the ramp. Another ramp bump. Ouch. Yeah. Um, tries to climb, uh, but again is taken down. And Bo used the ladder as a weapon. Sets it up on Neville and climbs. I've just put up. ladder owies. <laughs> ladder owies. <laughs> There's lots of them. <laughs> Neville runs up the ladder for a tornado DDT. 
there's so many spots in this that you can just run off that were just absolutely amazing. Like there were some really good moments. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just felt like they weren't purposeful enough sometimes. But shortly after this DDT, when the the ladder fell over and cracked Neville right in the head, that looked painful. Oh, it looked awful. Ladder owie number two. <laughs> um, I mean, he ca- he carries on and uh, sort of launches Bones to the corner with the ladder in there. At this stage, I wrote not too many high spots. Do I like it? Question mark. Because I'm yeah. still not sure. Because there weren't many high spots in this for ladder matches. So we've got the plancher, we've got the run up the ladder, tornado DDT. I don't know if they're trying to let their ring work tell the story. You've got to remember that nowadays, in 2018, when we're watching this back, um, NXT is its own thing. It has big stadium shows. It has big stadium, big arena shows, I should say. It has a weekly TV show that's watched by lots and lots and lots of people. At this time, um, do you feel that they're they're doing this going, well, I'm not going to do all my big spots now because I've got somewhere to go in the future where I need to save stuff to to make an impact yeah i think there was a lot of holding back in the early days of nxt until we got to the first takeover yeah event. um i think on i said they had their weekly tv and it was filmed before and after raw and smackdown before they moved full sale mm. and then that's when i think you start to get a bit more character development a little bit more interest in the brand and when people started to build up on these takeovers and they started getting amazing reviews um, and I'm sure in the future pods we'll cover some of these takeover events but that's when people realised we can be free we've obviously got our constraints of what booking tales do but when it comes to the in-ring work we are less constrained than we would be on the main roster so it's time to get our stuff in and I think as well a lot of it with NXT um, in the early days was this is our brand. We're going to show why we may have not been signed to the main roster. Some of the guys who signed developmental deals may have been like, no, I shouldn't be in developmental. I should be on the main roster. And a lot of that probably used it to fuel their, we are better than everyone on that main roster. Yeah, I agree with that. This leads on after the, uh, the skull crack. Um, Neville goes for the red arrow, but it's knocked off the top. Bo goes to climb up, but Neville basically just leaps over him. Saxon drops the line. That's why they call him the Jumping Geordie. You're like, don't ever say that again, you dumb dumb. Cheers, Byron. Yeah. Um, Bo stops him with a buckle bomb. After seeing Rollins do that to Sting, I just I can't look at a buckle bomb. And also what he did to Bala as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh man, different circumstances slightly, but yes, I know what you mean. Well, put Finn out and pretty much killed his WWE run when he was Universal Champion. Yeah, true, true. Uh, pretty much killed Sting. Mistakes happen, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> just seen so many people do a buckle bomb and never had an issue, but then suddenly Seth does too and bloop. I was in Nashville when that um, Night of Champions was oh, really? on. So I was getting to watch a WWE pay-per-view at a normal time right. in my hotel room. Nice. And just seeing Sting collapse after that, going for the clothesline, I was like, oh no. Yeah. I, I don't, I was like, oh, do I turn off? Oh, he's still up, he's up, he's all right. But yeah, buckle bomb's not, not for me. Quick one. Why were you in Nashville of all places? I was on holiday. Oh, okay. Just for fun. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. That's, that's what I used to do pre-parenting. I used to have nice holidays. You're just a big country music fan? Or? Oh, I love, loved it, yeah. Oh, right. And I still cool. love a bit of country music, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I was thinking, why else would you go to Nashville? Me and J, double F, J, A, double R, E, double T. That is apart from that's where TNA is based. <laughs> you might I, have come across Jeff Jarrett or something. Well, I did try and find TNA's headquarters when I was there, but unsurprisingly, uh, no one was around. <laughs> Probably hadn't paid rent. <laughs> Um, so after the buckle bomb in the corner Neville goes back through with a slam onto the ladder before nailing the red arrow he climbs up 
retrieves the title, and we have a new... Oh, you red arrow to the ladder. Don't forget Sorry, that. Sorry, red arrow to the ladder. That looks painful as sin. And our new NXT champion, Adrian Neville, at 16 minutes and two seconds. Yeah. Cheers cool. to the internet for the timings. Um, solid, but unspectacular is yeah. what I got for the uh, the ladder match on that one. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. It does the job. It, um makes both guys exposes both guys to a new audience maybe it um gives you a highlight something interesting it shows that spot at the end which is what they were they're building to essentially um i don't know i, I liked it i i expected more yeah i think overall for a first live show because again some of these guys who had come through their developmental system or just worked on the indies they would have never done a live pay-per-view event mm-hmm. they might have done live pay-per-view occasionally maybe not but I think it was a good way to test the water. But what I think is interesting after watching this first pioneering NXT event, it's nice that quite a lot of the guys are still on the main roster. So it goes to show that it is, again, a defined route. But it's interesting when you look at NXT as a whole to see how many main event stars they have created through WWE developmental, not bringing in guys from the indies. Obviously, it's a finishing school, but I think if you look at people like Balor, he's mm. wrestled, he's worked in big companies, worked massive matches. So the fact he's a main event star in inverted commas, the only one I think that they have self-built is Roman Reigns. Yeah, there's very few. They they had some potential with guys. I mean, would you consider Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas? You know, I mean, Bray's held a world title, like but Eric Rowan, like Braun Strowman. Braun will be the next big name to come out of it. Yeah. I think if you look at their developmental system over the years, obviously you had the good run with Orton, um, Lesnar, Cena, Batista. Sean Benjamin was part of that, so I'm going to throw him in there as well. <laughs> but since was then... Was Charlie Hoss? Oh, I wish he was. <laughs> I don't think he was, though. I don't think so, no. Because um, he was in a tag with his brother before his brother died. Yeah, he was. Russ Hass, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, but I think that the developmental system is very good for a finishing school for independent wrestlers to learn to use cameras and learn to use bigger productions. I do question now the appetite, what the original idea of the performance center would be is to make their own stars. Mm-hmm. AJ is obviously an exception because he's gone straight to the main roster because I assume because he had so long with TNA and worked with TV and obviously some of the guys who worked backstage at TNA were with the WWE to say, obviously I mean, he can do it. He was the IG- WGP heavyweight champion yeah. in Japan. Like, you can't bring that guy into NXT. Like, I no. just don't think that works. And I think that NXT is a fantastic ground and some of the wrestling we've seen over the last four years... Just finished. AJ was the complete package when they signed him. They needed to do nothing yeah, with AJ. Exactly. He's the best in the world. But again, he, they've signed an independent talent. Yeah. They haven't built him from ground yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Roman Reigns, they've built him ground up. Oh, and he's terrible. <laughs> well, he's not terrible in the ring. It's just they pushed him way too hard and shoved him down people's throats. And, and he has no his, character. His promos are so boring. I, I can't get on with this. His anymore. only good promo was after he beat The Undertaker and they just stood in the ring, booed five minutes, went, it's my yard now, and left. Why didn't they go with that character? Should have just carried on. Yeah. But I think from a global superstar standpoint, he's the only one. Braun will be huge in wrestling, and he'll be in the next sort of, whoa, look at this guy. But then I then ask you my next question to finish the NXT portion of it. So obviously we've seen who is there now. Who do you think of the current NXT, Mm -hmm. 
Name me three future world champions. Okay, Silverteen Dream. Straight off the bat, I think the best guy they have on all of their roster right now, the most potential. Um, I think they've been searching for a young black superstar specifically for a very long time. He is the man. He's the guy that they can push like Shawn Michaels, like Ric Flair, like anyone. Like Just push that guy to the moon when you do it. Don't do it yet. Give him a couple of years. Let him take his time. Much like we're talking about with Emma and stuff. He needs time. He needs to develop a little bit more. Know where he's going to go after this character starts to run to flat ground sort of thing, you know. Um, but he is very, very special. Um, I'm assuming you kind of agree with me. I agree. I agree with the idea of Velveteine, but he can't go up under the current booking regime. No, wait till Vincent Mann's gone completely. Yeah, and I would prefer Vincent Mann to basically come 2020, not die, just say, I'm going to go and work full-time in the XFL. Yeah. I'm going to leave these people in charge. I'm going to leave Carano in charge of talent relations. Do what you've done with 205. Do what you've done with NXT. Keep my marquee stars, but build the future. Because essentially, it's going to be their company unless they sell it to Disney. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Do you know what I would do as well? I wouldn't put Velveteen anywhere near Shane McMahon either. No, Shane McMahon will push him too hard, too fast. Yeah, Shane McMahon will give him two years of like top guy level, and then he'll slope into that slope and will stick there, and it'll be very difficult to get him back up yeah. to that main event status. So I agree with Velveteen Dream, but in three years' time. Yeah, and the good thing about NXT is if you've got four or five NXT takeovers a year, you're not going to get bored of seeing him. Yeah, 100%. He's so funny. Yeah. He's so entertaining. He's so good at being a dick if he needs to be. I have even stolen one of his things. So Luke Vega said, I eliminated Tex Williams from the King Summer Rumble and my response was, Tex Williams does not record this event. <laughs> <laughs> Little lies like that will make you a superstar very so, yeah, quickly. I agree with Dream and I believe they'll make him world champion, but if they want him to have any longevity, they need to keep him off that main roster for three yeah. years and keep him out of the class of anyone with the name McMahon. Yeah, definitely. As horrible as it is to say, because Vincent Mann knows talent. He does. But he doesn't know talent who isn't bodybuilder big. There's, you can only do something for so long before you start to run dry a little bit. Yeah, and I think he's getting there a little bit. <laughs> getting? Well, no, because I, I still... Think, I think you're trying to be very respectful from the guy that's the legend, but let's be honest about it. Well, no, because the fact is he still sells out big stadiums. And he's created a brand and he still pushes it every year. He lets towns and cities bid to take his marquee show to it. And while he may not be able to create stars, ultimately, whether or not you and I are fans of Roman Reigns, mm. the kids love him. He goes on do all they? these... Do yeah, they? Yeah, they do. The, the, the demographic of women and children who like Roman Reigns... Th there's guys there that could love both, that could be loved by both, I should yeah. say. They... They're, they should be able to find guys that can be PG, that can have great in-ring matches, that can still be loved by kids and adults as alike. So Brian Danielson, AJ, AJ Styles. But I don't want to segue There's too much samples. from it. But again, back to what we've said before about the look of a wrestler. Mm. Brian Danielson and AJ Styles are phenomenal wrestlers. Braun Strowman. Yeah, exactly. But that's fine. Braun Strowman, and he can go in the ring. And I think he, as long as he stops eating sort of 73 hamburgers when he's out <laughs> and doing ride-alongs of Alexa Bliss, then he, he's got a good future for it. But again, he is only, was only signed because he's a big boy. And it turns out that he's got a real aptitude for learning wrestling. He's got his, yeah, his character's there as well. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I go over the approach of that Vince still knows what the casual audience wants. And that's who they book for. 
you want to see these guys still do the amazing matches like Danielson, like AJ Styles. But ultimately, you still need to have that marquee name, that marquee face, that look of a wrestler for his wrestling company. And again, I don't agree wholeheartedly with it because, again, being in so deep where I am to I will watch wrestling even if it's rubbish and I'll still keep coming back. I'll pay network subscriptions. I'll go to shows. Mm. But I think... Vince McMahon knows what a wrestler looks like to the casual fan. Triple H knows how to book a wrestling show. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, sorry. Triple H has to be the future. So that's my first That's the first one. Number two. Okay, so now I'm struggling to pick between three or four different people, okay? Um, oh, oh, it's very difficult. I'm going to have to go Adam Cole. Baby. Thank you very much. I was hoping <laughs> you were going to do that. Uh, he's got the experience. He's a guy you can put on the roster right now as a top heel and he'll be absolute fly with it like he might get over as a face accidentally which is the problem with adam cole he's almost too good and the gimmick's over and he's very likable you get that bobby rude thing happening yeah. um but yeah adam cole's absolutely outstanding especially with the undisputed era next to him like just keep carl o'reilly doing his gif worthy faces every two seconds please he's so funny um third one so I'm struggling to pick between a few, okay? Kyrie Sane would be the first one on my list. Shayna Baszler would also be another one on that list. Um, there's two others. Alistair Black. And I'm going to throw Andre Almas in there as well, even though he's just been put up to the roster. Because I don't know how I'd pick between those. Uh, honestly, I would think it would be Shayna Baszler and Almas are the two that I'd pick for my roster. Like I love Alistair Black. I love Kyrie Sane. There's other people that do similar stuff. Yep. Andre Almas, much like with um, Velveteen Dream, is a young, talented Mexican guy who has everything going for him right now. Um, as La Sombra, he used to make Lucha tolerable to watch because his matches were so good. <laughs> okay, in CMWL, he was the best. I used to remember watching bits and bobs of CML, CMWL and thinking, this is all right, this is okay. Who the hell is that guy? Because he is amazingly good. And when he first came to NXT, it was it was okay. It was a bit bit hit and miss, a bit Sinkara esque in places. Yeah. Like I think you know what I'm saying. Um, since the last year, since they put the belt on him and his jump up to the main roster, he's been so good. You're finally starting to see that Ingobernable's character coming through. He has really benefited from having a mouthpiece as well. Yeah. Because his in-ring talent was phenomenal, but having Zelina Vega there... Austin Aries' his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. He's a little, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the he is a... I think they'd be very, very neglectful of their talent if they don't capitalise on Almas. Think of the money they could make out of that Mexican viewership. Yeah, it's exactly. Him as a top guy. Yeah, and again, I think he could do... I mean, he's got to be heel for a long time they can't derail him and go definitely. we need a face guy for this mexican tour and just turn him face no Not point yet. no definitely you always have him up against uh, other mexican guys that are faces in mexico yeah that audience is very much they're gonna cheer the hometown crowd no matter how he's booked yeah. or how he comes across it's just how lucha kind of works um so yeah you always book him against sincara have sincara come out do the flips and stuff you know <laughs> the trampoline or whatever uh um, that trampoline yeah in mexican mask mexican gear yeah. you know full go the gimmick and almost come out and be like i'm the greatest american champion ever <laughs> you know? exactly easy 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 money i think they need 
I think they've needed for a long time top superstars from other people that aren't just white boys, basically. Yeah, they need a mix. Yeah. And I think... I think Alistair Black, I think, will struggle on the main roster. I think he'll get lost. I think the same for Kyrie Sane, yeah. unfortunately. If Triple H books him, maybe not. But uh, I agree with you. If if he's booked as a mediocre mid-carder, that's how he's going to be seen. You know, yep. There's no way of getting around that. As he's got a different look, he would need to come in and basically run for everyone. Yeah. But as a face. I think Vince sees him as CM Punk as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big negative against him in Vince's eyes. Anyone who sits down cross-legged. It's a little bits, isn't there? You yeah. Know? You can see him doing a GTO and stuff like, yeah. GTO? Yeah. That's not what I meant. GTS. GTS or something. But please don't. Whatever you do, Ali, just be you and be this evil demon character with the best fucking theme music in the whole WWE right now. At the moment, though, Vince would be like, I'll put the Ascension with him. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, anything gothy, anything like that. Mm. I think as well. Oh, that'd be terrible. Please <laughs> don't do imagine? that. Whatever you do. I'm sure Vince listens, listens to the podcast. So <laughs> Imagine like, we listen to this back in a year's time. We listen back and go, oh, I predicted that was going to happen. Look how bad it turned out to be. Can't believe the Ascension are now triple world <laughs> champions on a share it on the Freebird rule. Oh, mate, if it went great, that would be awesome. But it's just never going to, is it? My days. What about um, Chayna Baszler? Baszler will serve a purpose to go up and fight Rousey. Yeah. But if they've got See, two I, MMA I, ladies on the, on the main roster... Yeah. I don't. Only one will survive, and it'll be Ronda Rousey. I think what they'll do, if okay. they're sensible, they'll have Rousey on Raw, Baszler on SmackDown, and then they'll have a Royal Rumble interaction or get into it in the Women's Royal Rumble, and then build onto that to a, to a Mania match. There's if they, so that's much the you money can do there. with this. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, because think about how dominant Rousey is. Okay, really, that's a heel trait, isn't it? Yeah. So like. Can you imagine if they build Rousey up to be this amazing face and they get to WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, whatever, and then they come up against Baszler and they build it up and they build it up and then they just hug and embrace and like <laughs> start beating up all the faces and it's the two of them with these dominating heels. Not for me. You not like it? Not for like, me. Oh, I think no. it'd be great. It's such a, something you don't see coming. You know? They need to build up both women as undefeated monsters. Because then you've got a chance to have... But then if they don't actually face off against each other, that's even better because it's like, oh, I hate you so much. You're not giving me what I want. But again, where's it? I suppose I was going to say, where's the end game? I guess going forward, then they could fall out and have their feud. But then they wouldn't... Kyrie, Asuka, Flair. There's so many good faces they can come up against as well. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see it happening. But I think that as they're going to do an all-female pay-per-view in October... Yeah. I think WrestleMania 35 will be the first women's main event of WrestleMania. Oh, you think? And I think it'll be Rousey against Charlotte to main event Mania. Mm, mate, I don't see it. I don't see them doing Because it the thing is, soon. going, you're not going to have Brock come this Mania. You're, you may or may not have Cena. I doubt Undertaker will be around. Right. Unless you have Daniel Bryan and The Miz main event WrestleMania. That's not a main event match. Un- well, it could be if they build it right. Miz, is, Miz should never mess main event WrestleMania in my oh, opinion. It was so really? bad last time. Yeah, but again, that, that was I there. love Miz. He's a really, really good worker, great promo guy. Not main event wrestler for me. But if they can keep off the, if they can keep off Miz and Daniel Bryan until then, I know they teased it at SmackDown uh, last night. They're so, doing it at SummerSlam. Yeah, so they've killed it. <laughs> but if you look at what potential, it doesn't mean they need to finish it at SummerSlam. Pointless. You get a BS finish and no. like you know. Dragon no. goes out injured for six months. No, it needs to be one and done. 
Mm. And then Brian retires mm. safely and doesn't cripple himself. That's not how WWE book though. I know that's that's dream booking idea. Yeah. But if you look at what other potential main event feuds there are going into it that you haven't seen already. I was racking my brains trying to like outdo everything you say. I can't think of anything that but works. Logically it makes sense. They they're on the cusp I mean they're AJ, they're riding the way. AJ Styles a big heel. AJ Rusev. Not because the main event. Wouldn't wouldn't sell tickets. Well, obviously WrestleMania sells tickets. If you put that as a marquee, people would go, who are they? Whereas if you put Ronda Rousey, name factor, that's Ric Flair's daughter. So I think obviously they're going to have more people on the main event. You've really sold it to me. Hmm. Because they're on the wave of the women's evolution. They've had a women's Royal Rumble. They're going to have a women's main event of WrestleMania in the next few years. Why not do it now while Rousey's still hot and people are interested and people haven't got bored? It'd be a good main event as well. Yeah, exactly. Those if, two have a hell of a match. In New Jersey, where people would be wrestling fans, they wouldn't crap all over it. Oh. Put Roman in the main event. I don't think you know New Jersey sports fans, though. They're, they're a bit brutal. Yeah, but they are. But they After six hours in boiling hot but stadium? They, they'd want to see it. Again, if yeah, they, they don't clash. And You'd have to have at least two warm-down matches before it, just to make sure yeah. the crowd's hot for it. So, have- Roman Reigns... <laughs> I remember a job to take her in two minutes before. <laughs> but that, that's thing, I don't even think you'll get Taker at Mania 35. Uh, I wish he would retire already. Like yeah. I love Taker, but uh, it's, it's depressing seeing him come back every time. The only other thing that I could see them doing, which they won't, can you imagine if they did? Because he's teased it. Go on. Chumper versus HBK. <laughs> no, come <laughs> on. No, definitely not. Um, there is one guy I could see main eventing over them, Braun Strowman. That's going to be a name that we're going to know for a long time. If he can stay healthy yeah, and not Andre Giant and put on lots of weight and get fat and all this issues that you have with a guy that big. If he can stay healthy and can keep that character going and become a full heel, I think he needs to be. Yeah. Heel Strowman, face Daniel Bryan, main event WrestleMania. Yeah. But again, they would need to build Braun as a monster hill for over a year. Yeah, and they're not name recognition, I'm very aware. But you could still have Flair and Charlotte... Charlotte, Flair and Charlotte. Flair and Rousey just beneath them as the women's main event. And then have... I I don't think... I don't think so. I think think you're right. I'm just saying, playing devil's advocate a little bit. I Yeah, other than that, and other than from a booking standpoint of Ms. Bryan, I know you're not a fan of him going, and they're going to ruin it and do it at SummerSlam. I don't see any feud that could main event WrestleMania that I go, you know Miz, what? Miz hires Stro- Strowman to beat up Bron Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> There's your main event. He's got the money from Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> wherever the USA show's called. <laughs> That's a great story. Let's book it. Let's do it. <laughs> Not as bad as when Million Dollar Man bought the belt off Andre. Uh, yeah, true, true. Uh, I do love like that sort of scenario, like a finger poke of doom though. I know a lot of wrestling fans hate no. that stuff, but I love it. I love when like... They, they crap all over what you want to happen because yeah. it just makes you hate it so much. As long as they give you the payoff afterwards, then, yeah, I'm fine with that sort of stuff. And to tie up the NXT portion of anything we're talking about now, do you ever see anyone on the current NXT roster main eventing WrestleMania? Yeah, dream. Velveteen dream. Yeah? 100%. Yeah, he's Ric Flair. He's Shawn Michaels. He's everything. He takes the risks of Jeff Hardy. He's got the gimmicks. He's got the character. He cuts promos in the ring. He looks great. You know, he's different to what all these white boys at the top of the card, as I've been saying, you know. He's the man. For me, he's the the future of WWE by a long way. Got amateur background, you know. I agree. Adam Cole, maybe? 
Adam Cole could, I think what would have been a potential for um, for a WrestleMania main event, had Daniel Bryan not come back, would have been Johnny Gargano doing a Daniel bryan story. Yeah. But because Daniel Bryan got cleared, Johnny Gargano has no future in wrestling. <laughs> this is going to be controversial. I don't really rate Champa or Gargano. I, rate- I like both guys. I think they're good. Uh, de- no, not main event WrestleMania, though. I rate Champa more than Gargano. Me too. I don't really get Johnny Gargano. He's the good foil for Champa's heel character in NXT. The story's been booked very, very well. Champa's got more to him. Gargano's got one dimension. Yeah. I'm the underdog, and now I'm being beaten up. Champa's facial expressions are right with up there with the very best of them. Yeah. You book him like Triple H was booked. Yeah, Champa. Yeah. <laughs> Too right, mate. Yeah, yeah. That heel, I am the game, Triple H. You could give that gimmick straight to Champa right now, and he'd fly with it. Yeah. You know? The problem with both guys is they're smaller, mm. and I think that's what will hinder them. Yep, yeah, true. But it's, it's a new world, you know? <laughs> it's a new day. <laughs> you don't really are pushing smaller guys like to those main event statuses. You don't have to be a giant so much anymore. No. And uh, I think they do need those giants, but they've got them. Right. <laughs> play a game i have a small admission to make as i quickly scrolled through my notes on. Uh, on my google docs i don't appear to have saved my quotes for promos with no. a z you're not getting any no okay i was quickly trying to google some just in case i could try right, and find it's them fine, it's fine you can play against me or we can play a different game oh we could do guess who because that's easy we just have to bring okay. out the roster let's get or, on the ro- or i can or i've got i've got five here so if you got three right then we could do it yep okay i'll go for that do you want to do that yep Okay, so promos with a Z. We're gonna do promos with a Z. Hooray! The, the award-winning game sponsored by I know Ecova. <laughs> Cue the music. Right, so um, promos with a Z. Uh, this week uh, I've I've done the Dudley edition. Okay, amazing. But I've taken a bit of a twist with this Dudley and been broad with the family of Dudley. (laughs) So the quotes will either be from Bubba or Bubba Ray or Bully Ray. Okay, they're all count. There's one person. Okay. Spike Dudley. Nice. I'm assuming you're familiar with. Everyone loves a teacher. How much much ECW have you watched? Uh, If you're going to go outside of Big Dick Dudley and Sign Guy Dudley, I may not have any more quotes. Okay, so my third choice here is part of the Dudley faction in ECW and the greatest ring announcer of all time, Joel Gertner. I can imagine these are going to be safe for PG audiences, (laughs) these quotes. I've been very careful about how I've selected these quotes to make them (laughs) PG-ish. Like, I know we're not too worried about swearing and stuff, but we're trying to make it more (laughs) family-friendly unless me just dropping F-bombs every other sentence, (laughs) which I'm doing quite well at not doing as much. Stunning job. Stunning job. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll just run through these. So there's five here. You're going to have to guess who said three of them to win, okay? Okay. So I'll tell you what, let's go with... Let's go for three. Go no, on, three go for the win. Okay. That's, that's a high percentage, but yep. whatever. Okay. So, the very first one. I am, without a doubt, the undisputed and uncrowned television champion as well. I am the guy that beat Rob Van Dam. Bully Ray. Yeah, well done. So, that's uh, Bubba Ray on ECW Hardcore TV when they had the TV television champion yep. back then. 
Okay, so you got one right already. That's pretty yes. good going. That was a difficult one as well. I started with that one because it could have been anyone. It's like they've all had matches with RVD at some point, I think. Ah, uh, but Apart none of them have won the team title. title. True, very true. Very nicely done. I was testing your knowledge. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with this one. It's hard to quote now. <laughs> if you think you're man enough, if you think you're big enough, if you are such a master of beating big dick, <laughs> as you say you are, take a shot at the man. Uh, now, because it's got a pun on it, I want to say Joel, but I should, I'm should i going to say Spike. You should have gone with your instinct. Uh, it was Joel Gertner. Don't worry, man. And yeah, see, I went with one that had like puns in it, but yeah. not too much puns, you know? Okay. All right, let's go with uh, this one. So you've got one of two right yeah. now, all right? So you've got five quotes. New Jack, your dharma's... <laughs> <laughs> New Jack, you're dumb as a stump and twice as ugly. <laughs> you don't... I can't read this without laughing. You don't got no life to live for. You ain't got no family. You've got nothing. Do you want to read it again? <laughs> yes. Okay. New Jack, you're dumb as a stump and twice as ugly. You don't got no life to live for. You ain't got no family. You've got nothing. Joel Gertner was quite well spoken so because based on some of the poor grammar in there I'm going to say it was not him oh, I would encourage you to think about the long terms of these people's gimmicks yeah anyway. I'm going to go Spike Dudley mm, close but not no cigar this time that was Bubba again uh, the clue is that when he first came to ECW he had a more southern sort of gimmick uh, and so the whole like you're dumb as a stump and twice as ugly <laughs> It's very southern, you know. <laughs> I was going to drop the southern accent, but we decided not to do accents anymore. So. I can't understand why we chose to uh, <laughs> not do accents. Oh, God. Just at the risk of offending absolutely everyone. Okay, let's go with this one. I am dripping with sarcasm as your girlfriend is dripping from orgasm. <laughs> I want to say Spike. I'm going to say Joel. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> He's going to have to drop one in there, you know. <laughs> What a line, though. I'm dripping with sarcasm as your girlfriend is dripping with orgasm. Just because had ism at the end. It's I like, wonder yeah, why but... TNN dropped ECW. <laughs> Joel Gertner is my favourite gimmick of all time, I'm going to be honest. Like, Men are from Mars and women are from Venus, but when they come to my town, they can... And then Joey Styles cuts him off. <laughs> <laughs> so many good lines, man. Right, right okay. this, is the, this is the one. Uh, 9-5 it's two apiece I've got to find the one I haven't done yet okay let's go with this one I've been thinking about you all week tonight I promised to give you what I almost gave you on Smackdown and I always keep my promises Spike Dudley hey you to, win to Molly well played, well played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. good good well remembered yeah like oddly finding Spike promos was actually harder than I thought it was really like he didn't cut that many in ECW apparently like I couldn't find any from ECW at all I was too busy being thrown into the crowd and crowd surfed around but pretty much I seem to remember him cutting these kind of like angry promos but he was basically silent in ECW he only really started to talk when he went to WWE so yeah, yeah. so yeah well done you won so there's the Dudley 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 edition even though the third one technically wasn't a Dudley but it's part of the family it was a Dudley yeah yeah wonderful episode of promos with a Z (laughs) what are we doing next week next week I believe it is your pick for a Shikara show next week we're going to do Shikara Saurus (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm leaving that in
Thank you. <laughs> Next week, we're going to do Shakara's Shakarasaurus Rex How to Hatch a Dinosaur from 2012, which is my favorite period of Shakara. Um, how much of Shakara have you seen? I've only seen a sampler DVD and a few Excellent. bits online, so I'm looking forward to watching a full show start to finish. So I was a big fan of Shakara. So this should be quite a fun one because this is the time period that I follow a lot of so I can maybe do some of the backstories and things for you. Excellent. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a hell of a show. It's a lot of fun. Like, Shakara is never the greatest wrestling in the world necessarily but everything else that surrounds it is everything I love about Amazing. wrestling. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and I'll save everything else I'm going to save for it for next week because it's Amazing. Really fun. Uh, I enjoyed this week. Yeah, it's, it's good. It was a good a show good to show. watch. Nice short one as well. Yep. I meant I could watch more G1 so that's all good <laughs> <laughs> we'll obviously do a G1 special at some point uh, just to make sure we can fit some of it in maybe maybe yeah. we'll do the final and yeah. do a bit of a round up leading into it because there's so there's too much to talk about if we try to cover the G1 in total we'd be here for 20-30 hours yeah. just trying to cover it it's too much but if anyone would like us if there's a particular show or a particular promotion you'd like us to uh, review in our own special way let us know anything but AAA even if it's AAA, we will. We have the right to reject what people request. But if there's and a I show, I will. I will reject it. Don't even bother. <laughs> well, you can if you want, but like, I'll just tell you to sod off. So, yeah. uh, but let us know on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com/forward/slash/world-of-wrestling-podcast. You can find all the links to where you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Player FM, on worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Yep. I'm on Twitter at the Tax Williams and Instagram at the Tax Williams. Yep. I'm on the same as Rich Be Thy Name. You can follow me everywhere. And this has been the World of Wrestling Podcast. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop Cabana's gimmick. It's <laughs> my lifestyle, isn't it? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Bye. See you later.